0: And oftentimes we get hamstrung by our freedom, our flexibility, and no finances. And instead of being able to actually win that that opportunity, we, we get stuck in, in this hamster wheel of frustration. And so what I often tell new agents and what I am so excited to unpack is the grit and the hard work that agents put in at the beginning, the failure they went through, and, and help some of our agents that are in those growing parts of their career, even the new parts of their career, to say, I'm going to put in the hard work now so that I can earn the right. I have the flexibility and freedom I want in the future
1: so the big question is this how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment that's the question and this podcast will give you the answers I'm Pat Hyden and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars.
2: Real Estate rock stars. this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Man, the interview we just had is such a treat. You are gonna be so excited to get to listen to Matt Templeton. Good friend of mine I met many years ago and his personality alone helps you figure out why he is a successful real estate agent. But some of the stories that he talks about, he goes into detail about how you can create kind of your own leads and the simplest way to be able to grow that. How in his first nine months of real estate he had no deals so many people would have quit at nine months but then by before the end of that first year he had 11 deals that he closed got his real estate license when he was 18 not many people are still in the same career they wanted to be at 18 and he is out there crushing it he also gets to talk about the different lessons of building teams and moving and everything else so this one is going to be such a great one so much actionable data in here so if you're driving you know be ready to figure out how you're going to take some notes if you're at home get out that notebook and be ready so you're going to learn so much on this one Welcome back, Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui, today's host of the Real Estate Rockstar podcast. I am so excited to be on here today talking to my good friend, Matt Templeton. Yeah, I met Matt a few years ago and, the, and if you meet this guy in person, just his energy that he has and how, uh, how generous he is and how outgoing he is and, and you know, ready to meet people, you will not be surprised when you find out that he is also a rockstar real estate agent. You know, Right before I get into that, I want to read one of the reviews that we just had. This one just got posted three days ago uh, in iTunes. I thought this was great. This was from Sam Torres, 2012. It's closed 26 deals. Thanks to the real estate rock stars, I was able to model many of the lead generating techniques, negotiating techniques, etc. implemented by top producers. I came to the real estate market with no experience or knowledge about the business. I wasn't even an entrepreneur. However, I tested many of the concepts explained here and after a few months, I was able to find the system that suits my personality. I closed 26 deals in 2019. and I know it's all because of real estate rock stars. Thank you so much to everyone willing to share and to Pat, you're the rock star. God bless Sam Torres, San Antonio. Sam, thank you for that killer, killer review. That is exactly what we're hoping to do with this podcast, you know, you know, be able to share the concepts. And I love what he says about he was able to find the system that suits his personality. So if that isn't a reason to listen to this podcast and go download and subscribe, I don't know what is. But as we get started, now I got to interview my good friend, Matt. Matt, hey, how's it going, man?
0: Oh, it's going so good. We
2: got so many fun projects going on right now. Yeah, I cannot wait to hear about it. So the so tell everybody kind of where you are in the U.S. Because when I call you, there's just sort of a few different places that you're always hopping between. You know, today you're kind of in the in the middle of traveling, but we're able to, to get on. Tell us, you know, where you're located, what you've been doing, and how you got into real estate.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So I I started in real estate 15 years ago in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I built a real estate team in Albuquerque. My team still is there. And a few years ago, five years ago, I moved to Dallas to run a Keller Williams brokerage and to launch another team to focus on investing and, and helping our clients there. So I have real estate businesses in both Albuquerque and Dallas, the DFW area. And I uh, yeah, started 15 years ago, have, have gotten to build and, and grow and learn and fail along the way in, in a lot of different places in the real estate game
2: wow so the so unpack that for me again so you started in albuquerque new mexico how long were you there before you felt like hey my team is now established so i can go set up another team somewhere else like that seems like such a long time to be able to have two teams yeah i i
0: you know i actually started as an assistant uh for the first year or two and so i got to get that mentorship of following around agents and seeing how they did it And i got my license right when i turned 18. And spent about eight years selling, uh, sold as an individual agent, started a partnership, then added a team member, then restarted a team, kind of went through all the different variations that people go through as they're trying to figure out how to build something bigger than just themselves. And, uh, and finally, uh, about four years ago, I said, okay, I can, I can let one of my top agents run this business for me. And I stepped out of it. And then I just started collecting a profit check on that business. So I'd check in with the team, coach and and consult, and they ran that business while I lived in
2: Dallas and ran other businesses. Yeah, that is so freaking cool. We try to tell people that they can build like horizontal real estate like or horizontal income through investments. And that horizontal income, the idea of that is money that you make while you're sleeping. And so for me as a real estate guy, I think about that being I'm going to buy a house, I'm going to rent it out. That's horizontal income. That's money that I make whether I work or not. But you were actually able to take a real estate career and just working in real estate and kind of create that horizontal income that way. It, you know the and you know, before we get into the rest of the questions, that's actually just super interesting. Do you think that's very common? Do you know, if you were going to tell somebody, you know, what goals to set to be able to do that, could you give any advice on that?
0: Yeah, Th- truthfully, if I had to do it over, I probably would have done it a little bit differently. I love the idea of building a business to step out of so that you can continue making income on it. In fact, passive income or horizontal income has been a major focus of my life. For several years, I've said I need to build more streams of income so that if one fails or if I uh, need to have more income in the future, I've got, I've got security in those multiple income streams. That's so right. I now have, between all the different businesses and, and real estate and things, it's, it's about 11 passive income streams that I have right now. And the thing that I would tell people if they were thinking about building a business bigger than themselves is, is really master the art of hiring great people. And yet, at, at the beginning, what we really have to do is build a business that is big enough to afford those people and bring those people into our into our world. So, the first step is build a business that that grows beyond yourself. And then the second step is learn how to hire at such a level where you can attract really great talent. So yeah, I, I do recommend to people to, to build the business that's bigger than themselves and look at what does it look like to expand or grow or to step out of a business. I probably wouldn't have moved nine hours away the first time I stepped out of a, a business. So that would be my only change. I, I, I learned some hard lessons trying to lead and, and coach and, and
2: do that from a distance yeah maybe you would have just you know stayed there for six months while you were stepping out to try to see Start what them. that was going to be like. I've done a lot of businesses long distance, and there are so many pros and cons to it and you know, and the pro is like lifestyle and being able to be multiple places at once and one of the cons is you know you and I are video chatting right now you' getting to see you in person. we get to have conversations that are deeper than, it, than we would be if we were just on the phone or driving, driving down the street call, you know calling each other but the but still video technology can't do quite what just being able to see someone in person can do. With energy. Exactly. Exactly. Something else you said before we dig into the questions. You said you got your real estate license when you turned 18. Like, and you're still in real estate. I had, like, I've probably changed careers like 18 times since I turned 18. Like, how did you know at 18 you wanted to get into real estate and you're still here? It's crazy. You know,
0: it's funny that you say that because I've got a few stories around getting into real estate at 18. I did get my license the month I turned 18. And truthfully, I didn't know if I wanted to stay in real estate. I just saw the big paychecks and I thought, if these guys can do it, I should do this. Oh, yeah. uh, and uh, I actually got my, my entrepreneurship degree from the university while I was, was selling real estate and building a team and figuring those things out. But what I've learned in real estate is when you start to master one piece of it, it unlocks other opportunities. So when you start to recognize how to do comparables and see when something's below market, you become better at buying investments. And it's really fun to buy investments. And then you decide that you want to do some flipping, or you decide you want to build another business that's an ancillary business. So the cool thing about real estate is all the different pathways it allows you to take once you've created one piece of success. And I think that's what's kept me in this game is, is how fun it is to explore the, the various pathways. One thing though that almost did get me out of real estate was I didn't sell a house for the first nine months I had my license, and I don't know if it was a combination of I thought I was too young, I didn't know how to find clients, I was using my senior picture from high school on my business cards. That's good. Go. Uh, it was probably all of those things, and uh, I wish what I wish I knew, and and I'm sure you'd ask a question like this, but as we're talking about it, I think what I wish I knew back then uh, was the importance of going and finding leads and really working a database and then following up with those people. Because at first I was kind of like, well, you know, I'll tell a bunch of people I'm in real estate and hopefully they'll send me something. And, and I, I failed for nine months. I didn't sell anything. And finally I figured out at the, at about the sixth or seventh month, like I should probably find some leads or somebody to call. I should do some open houses. I should do something to, to make this business work. And then I, I, uh, from month nine through month 12, I sold 11 houses. So sometimes you're in that, that grind of figuring out what you're doing, building your confidence, understanding where business comes from, all those things that take a little bit of time to figure out and then something clicks when you, when you least expect it. Uh, so that was, that was my failure story that turned into a success.
2: Yeah, you know, no, no listings, no deals the first nine months. And then how many did you say the last three months of the year? Eleven months in the last three months of that first year. Yeah, eleven, 11 deals. Sorry, eleven deals in the last yeah. three months. Yeah. So the so it like you no, know, you averaged one a month, except for you did it all <laughs> in the last three months. That's so important for real estate people. You know, we have. We've got listeners of all types on here. We've got veterans doing it for for so many years. We've got people that just got their license last week and they're just figuring out like what's the best podcast out there for real estate agents. And so as they get to to hear some of that, that's that's gotta be really inspiring to say, hey, if you're out there and you've been digging at this for five or six months, it is not too late to become a huge success as a real estate agent. But now you have to start working some of those systems you haven't done yet. And maybe you're still gonna get paid three months from now from a system you've been working for the last three months. So getting started is hard. You roll that pipeline, then it gets going. Well, the uh, well, let's dig into some of the, the nitty gritty stuff um, that's very focused on you. I mean, now all of our listeners know for sure you're a guy they want to be able to listen to. You've you know you've been able. To, you started at 18, you grew that. But so how many? So now we're looking many years later. You got all these teams, you got all these people, there's different offices. You live in a couple places. How many houses have you sold in the last 12 months? What was your what was your volume on that? What were your gross commissions? Yeah, our real estate our real estate team did a. 150
0: units uh, in the last 12 months and our brokerage did 1200 units in the last 12 months. So uh, managing and training the brokerage agents and then also leading the specific team of my own. So that ended up being about 30 million in volume and uh, the GCI was right around
2: 2.9%
0: of that 30 million.
2: That is so awesome, and and you're and you a family guy too as you're growing this life. Maybe that's the we get to chat about ch- ch- at the end. So the for for you when it comes to listings versus buyers agents for you personally, the you know do you take some yourself or, or are you just a, a team lead owner right now? Do you still take listings? You know what's funny is I went
0: about three years with taking no listings, no buyers, and in the last six months or a year, I had to step back into our team and start doing a little bit more of that. And the reason for that is I realized that the industry is starting to change and it's getting competitive in a different way. The, the market's feeling a little bit of squeeze. There's a lot of competitors that are bringing technology and trying to take our, our, our business away from us. And our leads, where they were coming from, are starting to dry up. We had different sources that used to be very lucrative that no longer work. And so I said, I need to step back in and make sure that we've got the right system and we're doing the right thing for our clients. And we've got to optimize where our, our business is coming from. And we've sold 100 to 150 homes for four years straight, so it's it's been kind of one of those uh, pain points where we haven't grown to the extent we could have if we if I'd been been in it really watching that. So I stepped back in and I started taking buyers and I really started documenting the systems of how do we create amazing experiences for our consumers such that one we could charge more and two we would attract more people to us and and so in the last in the last year I've actually been doing both buyers and sellers and, and documenting both those pieces but my favorite is definitely sellers I definitely prefer working with
2: listings. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great advice too. At different times, you know, as, as agents become entrepreneurs, become team leads, there's kind of this thing of going, all right, so now I'm not taking listings anymore. I'm not doing this anymore because I've kind of elevated to be able to help more people. But not being afraid as an entrepreneur to actually dig in and do, you know, do the nitty gritty, especially when something isn't quite working right. Because you're gonna be you're gonna be the one that knows your market, knows your people. You know, last year I had to do that a couple times with my real estate investment business. You know, I had to really dive in and go drive and see all the properties myself and see some of the stuff that was under construction and see why it wasn't renting out or why it wasn't selling. And then you know, re-diving in with my team and hiring new agents. And I spent a few months just like training every day and went from going and had to tell my family, sorry, we're not traveling the next few months. I've got to dig in and do training. So, the, so wherever you are in that entrepreneur journey, you know, being aware of what's happening, seeing, you know, if your listings are drying up, stuff slowing down and not being afraid to jump back in and going, all right, I'm gonna fix this. Like, I'm not gonna wait till it's broken and I've got nothing left. I, I see the numbers going a little bit in the wrong direction. I'm gonna jump in and see if I can fix that. The, uh, that is awesome. So, the, so just now you were just talking about leads. What's your number one for, source for leads out there? Yeah, we've we've always done a lot from online sources. So between
0: Facebook ads, Google ads, other miscellaneous long tail SEO, and then uh, review sites have been our major, our major source. Right behind that would be Sphere. Database working the same people that we've worked in the past and also relationships. No matter what, the name of the game in real estate is, estate is is database. So, as you're building leads or as you're connecting with people at open houses or as you're working, whatever sources you're working, your number one goal is to add them to your list. Even if they're not ready to buy yet, if they're somewhere, or sell yet, if they're somewhere in the spectrum of buying or selling in the next two to five years, uh, one to five years, then we want to have them in our database and be communicating with them about homeownership and about what the market is doing. Because what we found is that oftentimes the people in our database, they're looking to invest in houses. They're looking to know what the market is in their neighborhood. They're looking to have referrals from vendors and you're building long-term relationships with that business. So we've really tried to increase the database business, uh, majority of our leads come in from the internet though.
2: Yeah. the um, I've heard that so many times, like the time flies, right? Like before you know it, that's going to happen, so you meet somebody and they say, "Hey." You know, when I get a, when I get a job, I'm going to buy a house or in a few years, I'm going to buy a house. And it's like, don't just set that off and go, oh, you're not ready, like put them in your list, put the timer in and say, all right, so now in two and a half years, I'm going to call them, see if they're ready yet. Or, you know, I heard you he got a job. I'm going to follow them on Facebook.
1: Do the math, it's worth every single dollar. This is a quote from Mr. Bill Rieger who took my certified listing agent program. He says, looking to take your listing presentation to the next level, listen, I've closed 100% of the appointments since I took Pat Hyben's Certified Listing Agent. Five appointments, five new clients in 60 days. Do the math, it's worth every single dollar. Now you can get the Certified Listing Agent course. You can get the Certified Buyer Agent course, which tells you how to close every single buyer that calls in if you want them. You get the certified team agent course, which teaches you how to build a dynamite team like Jeff Cohn, who teaches the course. It's like a 10-hour course from Omaha, Nebraska, Berkshire Hathaway's top agent, and seven other courses. Total of 11 courses, all five-star rated, only 97 bucks a month. If you paid for them individually on the website, they would cost over $10,000, and we are running a special now at futureofrealestatetraining.com where you can get them for $97 a month. That's all you can eat. $97 a month, all these courses. That's futureofrealestatetraining.com. Futureofrealestatetraining.com. Check it out. Rockstar Nation. This is a great time to leverage yourself and hire a virtual assistant. I'm talking about My Outdesk. If you haven't heard of My Outdesk, basically they are a virtual assistant company, a VA company that specializes in virtual assistants for real estate agents. Yeah, I'm talking about transaction coordinators, marketing assistants. I'm talking about ISAs, inside sales agents, at prospect thousands and thousands of seller leads and buyer lead follow-ups i mean these guys are trained in this stuff specifically you're not using a company that doesn't know or understand real estate sales four out of five of the top teams in the u.s use my outdesk for their virtual assistance and because i know the owner daniel ramsey have known him for over a decade and I know how awesome and incredible this company is and how it saves agents thousands and thousands of dollars every single week and makes them thousands and thousands of more every single week. We're gonna give you a $400 coupon off of your first month of a virtual assistant and give you access and give you a free book entitled Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. So you can like read it and look into it before you decide anything. It's called Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And you can get it real easy. All you got to do is text the word Hybin, H-I-B-A-N, to 3199 That's H-I-B-A-N to 3199 And download your free book, Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And don't forget to mention also that you get a $400 discount, which will give you a coupon for that when you download the book. Thank you, guys, and I hope you enjoy and make a ton of money using my outdesk.
2: How do you what's what what sort of technology do you use to keep track of your leads out there? Yeah, so here's what
0: I here's what I know. There's no perfect CRM. I wish there was. I've been searching. I've switched so many times it's it's killed me, right? And there's and there's some that work really well and some that that work really well for certain people. What I know is that you've got to use the system that works best for you. I um, I'm a Keller Williams, so we use KW Command to track all of our um, all of our leads and all of our contacts, and then to keep notes and with those people. But truthfully, we had to actually get all of our, our agents to get back onto binders with what we call lead books, and we would take our intake sheets and we'd stick them in the binder under a month tab. So we'd have you know January through December, the month tabs, and we would take the intake sheet that has at least their contact info, their motivation and their time frame. I have to have those three things for it to be considered a warm or, or a hot lead for us to continue following up with. That's their contact info, their time frame when they say they're going to do something and a real motivation. Not just, I'm thinking about selling because I want to get the highest price on the market. So if I have those three things uh, on my intake sheet, I'm going to put them in the month when they told me they were going to take action. And I'm going to have this lead book for January, February, March, all the way through December. Uh, for the next 12 months, so I want the next 12 months of leads in my binder. And I know that it's low tech. I mean, I'm a young guy. I love technology. I use a ton. Of, I'm, I do use Zoom every single day for video conferencing for conversations. And yet I think that a, a lead book, a binder you carry around where a lead calls in, you get their motivation, you get their time frame, you have their contact info and you put them in your book uh, makes for a better follow up process. I, I need something tangible or else I lose track of who I needed to reach out to. So then on the either the first of the month, or the first week of the month, I tell our team, go to your lead book, which probably has 30 to 100 people because you're only keeping the really warm, solidly motivated people in there and call through the entire book. Everyone that's doing something in a month, everyone that's doing something in a year, maybe the ones that are doing something in a month, you're probably talking to once a week or even two to three times a week. But the ones that are two to 12 months out, you're calling at least once a month and you're just checking in to see what they need. Do they need recommendations from a stager? Do they need your vendor list? Have they decided to move up their time frame? would they consider selling if you're able to find them a the buyer ahead of time? So we just check in and, and touch on those people. And what we found is people often change their time frame, move it up, or they would sell if we could find them a buyer right away. So then we can go to our buyers at open houses or at other in other situations where we find buyers and say, hey, I've got a whole bunch of wood sells. I got that term from my buddy, Ben Kinney. He always says, make a list of wood sells. All the people that aren't on the market that would sell if you could find them a buyer. And then use that as a lead magnet to both attract buyers and provide a service to buyers when it's a hot market and they can't find the property they're looking for. So we go, we go take our, our list of people that would sell and then we can go market that to the buyer. So binders, to, isn't that crazy? I mean, a, a lead binder with, with pieces of paper, but that's, that's my best recommendation for following up with
2: leads at a high level. Dude, that is so much info in there. I mean, rewind and listen. <laughs> Sorry, to last minute again. No, because what Matt just did there is if is if you wherever you are in your real estate career, if you're trying to figure out like what's a hot topic, like he just gave you the secret of how he's successful. Like so, when you meet that person, they say, "Hey, I want to. I'm thinking about selling a house. You know, maybe in October." You know, whether you like take it out a note my dad used to have like a set of like note cards in his upper pocket and he'd always pull out the note card and, and write a note whether you take it on the note card and write it or you put it on your phone when you get to the office then you put it on your piece of paper but being able to put that in a binder and then when 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 you know march comes you pull it out you call them and you say hey are you still thinking about it?" they might go you know what call me back in in may so then you move it in your binder. I bet you know by looking at that too you can sort of see what your visual kind of stack is, like which months you have a lot of people, when am I going to be busy? You know, you know what else you can do to get out there? The other tip of calling some of them early. Then those questions that Matt asked them, you know, Matt, Matt just mentioned when he calls them, you know, if he's going to call them this month even if they say, you know, May or June, and he's just going to go, "Hey, is there anything I can help you with?" Like do you need a do you need a stager? Do you want to talk to somebody else? Do you want to talk to a handyman to get that house ready? Like I know you're not ready to sell yet, but but what service can I offer for you? And then they might go, you know what, the service you need right now is they might just say I need a handyman. They might just say I need a stager. They might, you know, they might say they change your mind, or they might say, we need you to help us or, you know, we're glad you called back the, you know, I give a lot of credit to people that call me back later, you know, months and months later when I, when I told them like, hey, you know, maybe I'll, I'll think about this at renewal time. And then they do call me back at renewal time. I'm like, all right, you worked hard for this. I'm gonna try to reward that. The, um, totally. I, I think that is so good. So the, I mean, we just jumped through a lot. We kind of just got to skip through a lot of the questions that we usually talk about with one of the, the best things out there the, you know, one of the fun ones I like to ask is like, is there a special phone app you use out there? Mm, that's a great question. Besides my
0: podcast player, you know, I, I really love the scannable app by Evernote because I can easily throw things into my Evernote. Like on the go, one of the, the worst, worst things I do is carry around paper. I always have paper with me, right? So there's there's these things that I, that I have and I, I'm like, I need to save this somewhere, but it ends up just creating piles on my desk. So just being able to scan that into your Evernote, saving that, putting that into Google Drive, whatever your specific information system is, uh, a way to, to not carry around as much paper. It's probably my, my best recommendation.
2: Yeah, so I like that one too. There, you know, so many of those, it's funny because there's a lot of technologies out there. I still have to journal by hand. That's like the only thing that I can't put into my phone. I haven't been able to use some of those for, for that. But when you're actually taking pictures of the stuff you wrote down so you could see it later, I think that works out really well. <laughs>
1: Of millionaires.com Guys, write that down. Rockstar Nation got a free special offer for you. Now, I've just written a book and it's just been published. Co-authored it with David Osborne who's been on this show multiple times. If you don't know David, he is one of the top execs at Keller Williams Real Estate. Was personally mentored for the last two decades by Gary Keller himself. and He's in all kinds of businesses. His bio and explanation and, and everything is in this book. But anyways, David and I got together. We decided to write a book. We called it Tribe of Millionaires. And I guarantee you, it's gonna change your life. To find out more, just go to tribeofmillionaires.com. We're gonna give it to you absolutely free. Only thing we ask in return is, of course, number one, you pay the shipping. Not a big deal. But number two, that you go on Amazon and write us a review. We're really looking to get an incredible amount of reviews. And because of that, we're giving this book away for free. Go to tribeofmillionaires.com today. Rockstar Nation, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to stay to the end where our guests will be offering a free gift. As you know, all of our guests offer a free gift, and all of these gifts can be found on the Agent Success Toolbox. You could find that by going to hybendigital.com backslash Toolbox or simply texting the word Toolbox to 444999. that's Toolbox to 444999. I am going to put today's free gift in today's show notes, but if you want all of them, including gifts from most of our guests that have come on the show, just go to the Agent Success Toolbox.
2: You know, we talked a little bit at the beginning about like your early failure, your first nine months of failure that turned into a win. Can you think of a failure over the last couple of years that became that thing that, that's really helped you with what's next in your career? Oh,
0: gosh. A failure is my favorite thing now because I can look back on it and realize like, if I can iterate and change this and never do this again, my business will will get uh, better and, and more protected from, from out, the outside. The, the first couple of failures that come to mind, especially when I think about Agents maybe that are newer in their career or in middle the middle of their career, I, I think about follow up and and what I think of specifically is I had an agent come into me into my office a few years ago and she said Matt can I can I bring some of the other new agents or some of the new agents into your office and pick up the breadcrumbs? And I'm like what do you mean the breadcrumbs? And she said yeah you've got all these post it notes sitting around with names and phone numbers on them and I, I'm pretty sure you generated these leads you made a bunch of money or you you've, you've created a bunch of spent a bunch of money creating these leads and you've done nothing with them. And she was right. She said, you probably have $10 million of volume just laying on the floor, laying on your desk. And it was true. And I learned at that moment that one of the most important things that we do in real estate is not just generate leads or, or find uh, new business. It's also following up with the business. You, we kind of touched on that a second ago and you said, call back in six months, that idea. Uh, I, I think that that is the failure that, that we often miss. And I think of a specific example, uh, a few years ago, I had a past client. I'd sold his house before, and then he had me come meet with him to buy another house two years after I sold his house. He said, I'm ready to buy uh, another house. I want to spend about 900 to $1.2 million. I said, awesome. That's a great, that's a great price in Albuquerque. And uh, so we went out and saw houses. We found a great house. We made an offer. The seller didn't accept, so we moved on. He actually was living in a different state at the time. So we went back to that state and I said, well, let's talk again in the next couple of days, email you, and let's make sure to connect on, on the next property. You know, I'm sure we'll find something for you. Well, I put him on a drip campaign from the MLS. Uh, they call those client portals. And it had all the properties coming up in that neighborhood dripping on him. And I, I got busy that month. It was June. We had a lot of transactions going on and I didn't call him. And I didn't really realize how long it had been. It had been three weeks and I hadn't talked to him on the phone, but I'd been sending him emails. I'd been dripping on him through the client portal and I finally called him back and I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I just realized it's been a couple days because yeah, I was trying to make light of it. It's been a couple days since I last talked to you. And he said, oh, Matt, we, we didn't hear from you after we made that offer and it didn't go through. We thought you didn't want to work with us or that you were mad at us. So we hired a different realtor. We made an offer on a different property. And I said, oh, that's too bad. Uh, I really wanted to work with you. I know you were thinking about buying a rental property too. Can I help you with the rental property? And he said, Oh Matt, we we actually made an offer on both properties. We've got about 1.4 million dollars in pending right now. Three weeks later, right, and I learned my follow up lesson through failure. So one of the things that I would I would just encourage agents is oftentimes we think that we're going to bug people, we're we're afraid of bothering them. And what the the follow up book does, what that story tells us is we got to stay on top of those leads even when we think that it might be annoying, and and make sure that we're providing value, not bugging them, but staying in contact regularly. And the, the warmer the lead is, the more contact we need to be. If they're less than a month out, we probably need to be talking to them every one to two days. And if they're more, if they're one, if they're two to four months out, we need to be talking to them once a week. And if they're four to twelve months out, we need to be calling them once a month so that we are the person that stays in contact. And I'll share the script that I use. If if ever someone seems annoyed or they seem bugged, like, Matt, you've called me three times and I told you I'm not selling until December then I tell them this exact thing. It's one of the most powerful scripts you can use if somebody seems annoyed or if you're worried about them being annoyed. And I'd say, Aaron, can I explain to you why I call you so often? Yeah,
2: go ahead. Yeah, let's see what's next. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the the reason that I reach out to you so often is because realtors are notorious for poor communication and poor customer service. And I didn't want you to think I was one of those realtors. So that's why I touch base with you so often. So that when you are ready to hire a realtor, you know that I'm the type of realtor that's going to take really great care of you. And that completely disarms any sort of bothering, right? Right. Now I followed up with, "How? when would you like me to follow up with you, right? But at that point, I want to, I want to eliminate the objection that realtors are bad at communication and bad at customer service. I'm not that realtor, you should hire me.
2: Yeah. And you don't want them to say like, don't worry, I'll call you. So you got to tell them like, no, I'm not going to take that because I'm, I'm the guy. Yet that example too is that's why there's no perfect CRM right? Like you, the fact that you didn't call the guy. And so he hired somebody else when you did essentially what the CRM would do, right? The, the emails that that sort of thing. So the, there is, you know, the phone call, like there's no, and everyone is going to be slightly different based on their dollar amount, based on how eager they were based on how close they were. And you know, the, and the other thing that you shared, like the difference is somebody's, if somebody's planning to buy this month, you should be calling them more often than the people that are, that are trying to buy in a year. Because if not, Somebody else will be. I mean, I've had a couple times recently where you know I listed a house of, of mine for sale. The you know, we took it off the market, and the moment it went off the market, I got like 18 phone calls that day, you know, from agents saying, "Hey, do you still want to sell your house? I'm going to be able to sell it for top dollar. I just sold it in the neighborhood." You know, 18 guys within a day. The first call started happening at 6 a.m. And so the so if you don't make the call somebody else will find your lead someone else is going to find them the way that they did and they're going to get that at, you know and it was funny when the guy calls me at 6 a.m part of me goes dude it's 6 a.m and the other part of me goes he was like hey it's a two million dollar listing i'm going to be first like like i'm going to call it 6 a.m like and i'm sure his objection would have been the same thing i want you to know that i'm willing to call whoever i need to whatever time to sell your house. So the, yeah, you, if you aren't taking care of your leads, someone else is going to be taking care of your lead. So the, if you were going to go back in time and say, hey, Matt, you're getting started in real estate. What advice would you give yourself as a rookie agent? What's, what's the biggest, what's the one thing you think would make the most impact?
0: Besides the things I've already shared, the other big thing I would tell a new agent or a rookie agent is, it's really important to watch your profitability. And it's really easy in this industry to play ego over profitability. So a lot of top agents I know that sell several hundred to several thousand leads, and they make less money than the guy that sells 50 to hundred with a great assistant running a really profitable business. And so sometimes I, I think that we get too excited about hitting the award, hitting the volume numbers, hitting the GCI numbers, and then we don't look at the profit number. And so I'm always looking at and measuring what's my profitability in this team? What's, my, what's the percentage of this revenue that's turning into profitability? And if it's not greater than 25%, you should just refer out the business. Be, you'd make more money by referring it than do working it yourself or working it with your team, and many times I see that the profitable uh, profitability numbers are are hurt or they're they're not as good when you start scaling a team or adding team members.
2: Yeah, and that's kind of like what you said at the beginning too. The the goal first is to build a business before you hire someone. You need to build a business that can actually afford to hire somebody. I know I, you know, I know a lot of people too that as soon as they start building, they can't wait till they hire their first assistant. They can't wait till they hire their first their first something to help and being able to tell them, Hey, make sure that you're actually working so much now that you're earning so much it's going to be easy to do that. Like I want to teach everybody how to work less and live more and how to scale to run these companies where they, they aren't working every day, but there is a process that that takes of building up and getting there that, that, um, that people have to get through first, you know, one of the fun things I want to talk to you about, so this week you're going to be doing, you're going to be kind of taking my seat and taking Pat's seat. You're going to be interviewing a few people this week. The, um, what are you the most excited about? So when you guys come on and you hear Matt Templeton is today's host of the Real Estate Rockstars, don't be surprised. The you know, Like you've heard from him, he's, he's, he's going to be great at asking questions, great people, but what excites you the most about the, the, either the people you're going to be interviewing or just coming on and getting to just share some of your stories and, and ask good questions for the podcast?
0: Well, you know selfishly, one of the, the best parts about about being a host on this podcast is getting to to explore the stories of top producers and so when we unpack that, like I get as much value as the listeners do and that's that's one of the things i'm most excited about but truthfully, I think there's I think there's also an aspect where if we can model, if we can listen to what somebody else is doing and copy them, we can skip some of the heartache now the one the one thing that I, I also want listeners to hear is that the most successful people at least from my experience, they have built businesses that give them leverage, that give them time off, that give them that freedom. Many times we get into real estate for more money, more freedom, more flexibility, and because we're passionate about the, the industry or passionate about houses, right? And oftentimes we get hamstrung by our freedom, our flexibility and no finances. And instead of being able to actually win that, that opportunity, we, we get stuck in, in this hamster wheel of frustration. And so what I often tell new agents and what I am so excited to unpack is the grit and the hard work that agents put in at the beginning, the failure they went through and, and help some of our agents that are in those growing parts of their career, even the new parts of their career to say, I'm gonna put in the hard work now so that I can earn the right to have the flexibility and freedom I want in the future and, and really get the finance that I want and not get the fourth F, which is failure, right? So I, I think that's that's the thing I'm most excited about is I love hearing stories of failure. I love hearing stories of, of grit and I love hearing stories of people saying, I'm gonna work hard on the, on the front end to really build something that that allows me to have what I want for my family and my
2: life. Yeah, I mean, I cannot wait to hear the questions that you ask as you get to unpack, you know, kind of the grit and the stories out there for the other agents. Cause again, you're, cause you're a rock star right? you know, agent yourself. And so the, I know you'll be able to ask the best questions. You know, the, um, you know, one of the last things, a lot of our, our people come on and they come up with a free gift. Now, you know, my, the free gift I really want is your business card that has your, you know, senior picture on it, but the, we not going to share that with us. And you know what your first business card is the, what can you, what do you plan on sharing? Well, I think
0: I think as I was thinking about this, I realized many real estate agents uh, run entrepreneurially, and they're just running, they're selling as many houses as they can, and eventually they realize that the leverage that gets you to the next level is systems. And the more you can have checklists and processes and systems, the 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 faster and more efficient your business gets. So specifically, I talked about in that lead book that we use an intake sheet. We have a buyer intake sheet and a seller intake sheet. Those are questions we ask buyers and sellers before we go on an appointment with them. So it's got about 30 questions on each side. I'm going to go ahead and give you guys the PDFs of those. It's just part of our system we use. And they can go ahead and print those out, keep them in their binders, uh, hole punch them and put them in the, the months where their their leads say that they're motivated to sell. And that I think that'd be
2: a great opportunity the buyer and seller intake sheets. Yes. From what we've talked about, I cannot think of a better kind of free gift to having that system. We have everything on the link. You can go to our agent toolbox and anybody that listened to us, you'll be able to see Matt's custom page at hybendigital.com. And Matt, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, um, where can can we find you? Where's the the best place for people to come have a chat with you?
0: Yeah. DM me on Facebook. You can find me under my page or my personal profile, Matt Templeton, or follow us on Instagram at templeton.realestate, templeton.realestate. DM us awesome. on either platform.
2: And how about are you uh, so on and if you want to come find us real estate rock stars, you know, at R E Rockstars at Instagram, you know, we got real estate rockstars radio on YouTube, you can come find me on Instagram. It's at Aaron Amuchisteggy. So as long as you know how to spell Aaron and you add a few more letters, it's A-A-R-O-N-A-M-U. After that, it's gonna auto-search and find it because very few people have as strange of a name as I do out there. But hope you guys get to come chat with us a bunch. Matt, it's always good to see you, man. The uh, you know, that that first Go Abundance event I went to, that first mastermind, you were one of the first people I met. Uh, it was up in Tahoe, and the and like I said at the beginning, your personality uh, was just so great and so awesome that I knew we would become friends after that. And now it's many years later, and now you're you know you're growing your own family, and and your businesses are crushing it and loving it. So thanks for coming thank on you. today; it was a lot of fun. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate you. Rockstar
1: Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful please I need you to pull out your pointing finger yes the one finger that points at people and hit subscribe yes subscribe the more subscribers we get